situation. If I have the title deed to a vehicle that is not in my driveway, do I still have a vehicle? Yes, but the vehicle's not in the driveway, but I have it because I have the title deed. It, somebody may have taken it and driven it to the grocery store or, or, or to the whatever, but I have it because I have the title deed. So when the truck comes back or the car comes back and you can see it in your driveway, you don't then go, oh, praise God, I have a car. You knew you had a car all along because you have the title deed. When, when the victory comes, when the financial abundance shows up, people will say, oh, thank the Lord, God met my need. No, no, that was the evidence that your need was met. Your need was met when you applied faith to it. Glory to God. See, this is walking by faith. This is walking by faith. This is regulating your life by faith. I'm not going to have it when I feel better. I've got it right now because I'm certain that it's mine. So it, 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 it belongs to me now. That's regulating your life by faith. That's the only way, my family... That's the only way you, you stop the roller coaster of up and down. Faith regulates. Faith keeps things smooth. Faith keeps things on an even plane. All right? Because you'll see people, they'll be in a meeting, and they'll, and they'll get supercharged, and the Lord will touch their body, and they're like, whoom, they're way up here. And people will say, oh, my faith is so high. Now, now don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Because I'm, I'm going to say this so many ways we get it. In actuality, what is there is they feel so much better. Their, their, their emotions are high and they feel well. Now, here, now here's the thing. The walk of faith now will commence. Because I'm there. The Lord touched my body. The Lord helped me. And now I'm healed. All right? And, and that's what people say, oh, the Lord touched me tonight, I, 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 and you know I'm healed. Well, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, if those symptoms try to rise back up, you can go back down that roller coaster, and I've heard people say, well, I thought I was healed, but the symptoms came back. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you had not thought you were healed, had you known you were healed, then the symptoms trying to come back would have meant nothing. But because they thought they were healed, see, they didn't know. They didn't know. They weren't convinced. I mean, just think about the phrase. Hey, you coming by the house tonight? Well, I think so. You might not ought to plan for them coming. Right? Because they're not sure. So when someone says, I thought I was healed, there's the problem. They just thought they were healed. They weren't convinced that they were healed. When you're convinced, nothing can change your mind. Amen. And that feeling, that, that feeling of whatever it is, pain-free or, or, or pressure-free from the finances or whatever it may be, that feeling that shows up initially will begin to stay there because of what you know. Hallelujah. 
if I know I'm healed, if I know I'm blessed, if, if I know I have the victory, then whether I feel that I have the victory or I feel that I'm healed or I feel that I'm blessed, that will be irrelevant because of what I know, because of what I'm convinced of. Oh, glory. So proof is not seeing it in the natural. Proof is being convinced of it in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, there are spiritual additives that have to be added in order for faith to function at the highest level in my life. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter makes this statement, Beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. The Amplified Bible says, and in exercising godliness develop brotherly affection, and in exercising brotherly affection develop Christian love. So, I am to add to my faith, all right, my conviction, my certainty. I'm to add to my conviction that something is true. Uh, and what am I to add? Notice, the exercise of brotherly affection and the development of Christian love. The development of Christian love. Because we're talking about how to walk by faith, how to live by faith. Exercise and develop love. Notice that. Until this is added to my faith, it'll be weak and ineffective. And, and we'll get into why. I have to exercise and develop love. You know, that, that, is, that can be a very... Uh, an easy way to describe that is when he uses the word exercise and develop. Whatever you're exercising, you're going to develop. All right? Meaning, if, if you go to the gym on a regular basis and you're lifting, you're doing bicep curls and tricep pushdowns and shoulder presses, you're going to develop your biceps, your triceps, your shoulders, Right? Why? Because you're exercising them. And what follows exercise? Development. All right? Whatever, whatever you're trying to do, whether you're trying to tone them or, or grow them or, or whatever the case may be, it's exercise and development. Now, when you look at some people, it's easy to see they don't exercise those parts of their body. Why? They're not developed. End of discussion. They're never used. Oh, hallelujah. When, right? You look at some people and they, and they have their shorts on and they got toothpicks for legs. Well, they never do anything with their legs but walk on them. There's no development. There's no exercise and no development. Right? And, and here's the thing with the exercise is the exercise is that point where, if I can say this, 
when you're inflicting discipline upon yourself to produce the development. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm disciplining myself to go to the gym and put weight on the rack and pick up weight because I'm disciplining myself for the development. Faith, faith just by its nature of being convinced that something's true requires a level of discipline because you have to keep your focus on developing your faith and walking by faith. And when Peter says you need to notice exercise and develop love, then what he's saying is when this love is added to your faith, it'll cause your faith to be stronger. It'll develop your faith to another place. See, many have this backwards. They're trying to exercise and develop their faith while giving no attention to love. And if, if I don't give attention to love, all right, there's an there's a additive that's missing in my faith because Peter said I needed to add that to it. We have to develop in love. And other, uh, often the main emphasis is placed on having strong faith. But listen, with undeveloped love, I'll have subpar faith because my love is undeveloped. Amen. See, without perfected love in my life, I won't have perfect faith. And, 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 and when we talk about perfected love and perfect faith, we're talking about mature love and mature faith. All right? That's what I want. I want mature faith. Faith that will work. Faith that is strong. Faith that is stable. And that comes through love that is strong and, and love that is stable. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and uh, the Apostle Paul, I want to read this to you from the Amplified Bible for the sake of time. The Apostle Paul said, and we continue, uh, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 10, and we'll read through verse 13. And we continue to pray especially and with, the, with most intense earnestness night and day that we may see you face to face and mend and make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah guide our steps to you and may the Lord make you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you so that he may strengthen and confirm and establish your hearts faultlessly pure and unblameable in holiness in the sight of our God and Father, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, with all of his saints, the holy and glorified people of God. Amen. So be it. Now notice, there was something lacking in their faith. He said, we want to make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. And he said what they needed to do was increase and excel in love for each other. Increase and excel in love for each other. Oh, hallelujah. The, the, the aim, the goal of the Christian life is maturity. And the way I mature the most, the number one evidence 
of Christian maturity is the love walk. How am I walking in love? It's, it's not, and, and don't misunderstand me, we're talking about walking by faith, but here, here's what I want you to see. It's not faith that's the number one evidence. It's love. All right? Uh, Brother Hagen one time told the story uh, about uh, 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 evangelists, a minister in the days of the voice of healing, that the Lord told him to go and talk to and tell him that he wasn't going to last very much longer if he did not correct three areas of his life. And the number one area, one of the number one areas was the love walk. Because of the way he walked towards other ministers. Uh, he, he started a church in one of the major cities in America. And uh, he was telling a pastor there that was a friend of his um, uh, about it. And the pastor said, well, where are you going to get the people for that church? He said, from yours. He said, I'm going to take people from your church and people from this other man's church and, and fill my church. Right? You see, well, that's not love. And the Lord said, you tell him he's got to correct himself in that area. Now, here's the thing. People that I have talked to and people that, that know, and I even heard Brother Hagin say it, that he had the most notable, outstanding miracles in his ministry. All right? I, I saw a video uh, one time of him on YouTube praying for a lady that came up with a huge cancerous growth on her face. And he put his hand on that growth on her face. Saw it. I saw this. And he prayed, said, Jesus... I curse this foul cancer. And, and, and he prayed for that. And when he took his hand away, that cancerous growth came off in his hand. And he held it there for the camera to see. And that lady, you can imagine, she just went wild. So cancer dropping off in his hand. But yet, he's not walking in love. But people would look and say, oh my, what a mature Christian. Look at the miracles in his ministry. But he wasn't walking in love. You understand? That there was no love walk there, according to what God said. And so all those miracles, I'm not going to take the time to go to 1 Corinthians 13, but remember what it says. It says, even if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, and the Weiss Bible says mountain after mountain. He said, if I have all faith that I can move mountain after mountain, and I don't have love, he said, I'm just annoying. It's important because he said, you're like a, 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 a banging gong or a clanging cymbal. And some of you all have been in service when I, I used the illustration of that. And I got the drumstick and I just, I said, you know, these cymbals on the drum, they, they are, they are, they are uh, uh, made to accompany the drum and, and used correctly, they add to it. But I said, if you just stand up here and I started banging on the cymbal, Right? I saw people in the, in the sanctuary grab their ears. Exactly. It's just annoying. It's annoying. All right? It's, it's just a nuisance noise. And, and when, you have, when you have a situation where people are trying to operate in spiritual gifts and they're trying to be very spiritual people, but they don't walk in love and they don't walk in love towards their brother, they don't walk in love towards their family, they're just annoying. All right? And so this man had all these notable miracles, 
but he wouldn't walk in love. So Paul said you need to increase and excel in love for each each other. See, I won't walk in the level of faith or the level of holiness that I could with undeveloped, unperfected love. I just won't. Amen. And, and, and that's, why, that's why the Lord is always, I'll, I'll say me, the Lord is always bringing me back to, okay, walk in love, be perfected in love, uh, make love your aim, make walking in love your goal, all right? I was, uh, I was uh, sitting, I had to go to the, the, the doctor this morning, and, and I was sitting in the, in the waiting room filling out some paperwork, and something uh, that a certain person uh, had done and consistently does just kept coming up to me. And finally, finally I said, Lord, why does that bother me? Why does that bother me? Now, you know, he didn't tell me I was walking in a depth of unforgiveness or I was offended or something like that. But he just, he just said this. He said, he said, it bothers you because when you forgive it, you just got to let it go. Right? And you got to recognize it as immaturity. And don't let immaturity bother you. All right? Don't let immaturity bother you. I, I, for instance, I know a, uh, a minister that every time you're around them, uh, they just got to tell you what they're doing for God and what they know and, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. And, and, and if, you know, you're in a setting where people are asking a question or, or, or uh, where ministers are asking you a question, if this minister's there, uh, they, when they raise their hand, you know they don't have a question, they have a comment. And that's okay. I mean, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I have, I have to walk in love towards that because that's just immaturity. It's just immaturity. All right? And, and, and so when I asked the Lord, why does that bother me, this came up. Not, you know, it's a lack of faith. It's you just, you just got to learn to let love cover that. Hallelujah. In uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, again, the New English translation says, we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith flourishes more and more, notice, and the love of each one of you all for one another is even greater. Wow. I, I think that would be such a high praise for, for anyone to look at your church or look at your life and say, your love for your fellow believers is even greater than it was last month or last year. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Your faith grows exceedingly, he said, and your love toward each other abounds. Your faith grows exceedingly, and your love toward each other abounds. It abounds. It's abundant. So your faith is growing. But why is it growing? Because it's growing 
in an atmosphere of abundant love. See, if, if, I, if I move out of my life those things that could hinder my being con- convinced, and I add to my conviction those additives that Peter taught about, now I've got supercharged faith. Amen. Do, do you see that? This is important. And very often, we talk to people, you know, hey, when you're in a faith fight, you want to make sure that, that there's no offense in your life, that there's no unforgiveness in your life. I'm going to help you tonight. You need to make sure there's no offense in your life and no unforgiveness in your life all the time. Not just when you're fighting a battle. Amen. Because, because that's kind of like doing it to get your way. Well, I'll forgive because I need to be healed. But you need that faith operating all the time. And, 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 and the Bible says that, that if, if, if we are Jesus' disciples, we're going to love one another. Hallelujah. So, exceedingly growing faith and superabounding love are inseparable. I like to say it this way. Faith is love dependent. It depends on love. Now think about this. In the natural, an illustration. Uh, If you want your spouse to have faith in you, what do you work on? Being dependable. Right? Being dependable. They can depend on you not to do certain things. They can depend on you to do certain things. So they have faith in you because your love is demonstrated to them on a consistent basis. You know, the easiest three words in the world there are to say is, I love you. But then there's a demonstration that follows those words. (laughs) Amen. And and it's demonstrated in, in your actions, in your words, and in your thoughts. Now, this is important. This will cause introspection. And, and we have to do whatever we got to do. You got to do whatever you got to do with this. But our, our words, our actions, and our thoughts, right? And, and we can say, you know, no harsh words. Well, that's important. No cutting words. That's important. No derogatory words. That's vital. All right? You have to. But you're speaking encouraging words you're speaking uplifting words that doesn't mean you can't use your words to correct but what i'm trying to explain to you is we look at some of those things and we think well you know uh, i'm not saying anything uh snide to that person or i'm not saying anything mean but are you saying anything good because not saying something is not a demonstration of love right Amen. I've run into men before that their wife's biggest complaint was they would never say they love them. The wife would say, I love you. And he'd go, me too. What does that mean? You love you too? 
right? No. Your wife says, I love you. You say, I love you too, baby. Right? Yeah, but you know, I, I, I wasn't raised up doing that. Well, I'm sorry. But, but, but now, right? And so it's not what, well, you know what I mean. No, I don't. You didn't, tell, you didn't say anything, so I don't know what you mean. It's like the old guy one time, uh, the guys were standing around talking about how many times a day they said they loved their wives. And they got this old guy, and, and he, they, they said, how many times a day do you tell your wife? He said, none. He said, I told her when we got married, and my mind hadn't changed. Well, you know, I mean, there are people that will laugh at that, but I think, whoo, boy, what a marriage. So your words, here, here's one, your, your actions, how do you act towards people? Are you cold? Are you aloof? Right? When that, when that person comes around that you think is doing something wrong or you think is not doing what they should be doing, how do you act around them? Do you act superior? Do you act cold? Do you act aloof? You know, kind of kind of move away from them, kind of look at them out the corner of your eye? Well, that's not love. And I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just saying these are the actions that we can identify. So your words, your actions, here's the one, your thoughts. Oh, hallelujah. Right? You know, if I think unlovely thoughts about a person, the Bible says, as I think in my heart, I am. If I think critical thoughts, hallelujah. Now see, when I think critical thoughts, now I'm bordering on pride. Because I qualify to critique you. Oh, hallelujah. And see, that's going to hurt my faith. Because faith is energized by love. You've you got to watch that. And, and it can be something as simple as, you know, you go, you go to somebody's house and you say, why in the world do they have that in their house? Or why in the world do they have that in their yard? I would never have that in my yard. It's not your yard. It's not your house. Right? See, you're, you're criticizing something that doesn't belong to you. And, and granted, it may be ugly. It may be out of place. It, it may not, it may, it may be totally wrong, but it's not your place. Right? Not your house, not your yard, not your, your room, not your whatever. And, and even if I don't voice, see, it's even worse <laughs> if I don't voice it to them. I mean, Maybe I shouldn't, but my point is, if you just sit around and you're silently critical, every time you see that person, you're, you're going to be silently critical of them. And here's the thing, how then can I pray for them? How can I walk in love with them when this is the biggest thing in, their, in, their, in, in, in my mind concerning them? Right? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see that? And so, when that criticism enters in, you know, somebody will tell you something that somebody's doing. One time, I had a person tell me that there was a person that, that I, I knew 
that was believing for something and the way they treated their family and how they would get angry and they would throw things and they would, they would get mad and, and yell and say ugly words. And, you know, I had to work on that uh, as that person's pastor because, you know, the first thing that wanted to come into my mind was that's why you're struggling. That's why you're struggling to receive. You know, and every time I would see them and, 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 and they might be in church and I might say something, they'd just get really excited about it. And what would try to come into my mind is, well, why are you getting excited, you old angry thing? I know y'all never think that way. But I'm thinking you're throwing fits and now you're here wanting to shout and wanting to, woo, praise God, hallelujah. Just plate banging Susie, plate banging Jim. I had to work on that. My, my job is to try to get the word of God to them and help them change. Now, we're, we're talking about walking by faith, but, but faith is love dependent. Faith is love dependent. And so well, I've got to attempt to exercise myself to operate in love in those three areas, my words, my actions, my thoughts. Hallelujah. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, of course, we know the King James Bible says, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything, but faith which works by love. I believe it's the Amplified Bible says, Activated, energized, expressed, and working through love. The Weist Bible says, Faith coming to full expression through love. Now, see, the question then is, do you want your faith to come to its full expression? Do I want my faith, my conviction, to be fully expressed? It happens through love. It happens through love. And, and this sneaks up on you. You know, because, the, the, right, the question will be, well, you know, this is what they said. That isn't right, is it? I mean, this is what they said. And they said they're in faith, but they said this or they did this. So they're wrong, aren't they? That's, listen, that's, that shouldn't be our thought process. Amen. I, I'm, I'm walking in faith at the level that I'm walking in faith. And you're going to walk in faith at the level that you're walking in faith. And what we're going to do is love each other and try to help each other where we can so that all of us can come to the full expression of our faith. Oh, hallelujah. Now, understand what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there are people, right, that are acting ugly. I'm not saying that there are not people that act ugly and it hurts their faith. It does. What I'm trying to explain to you is that if you get over there and you start being critical of that person, it's going to hurt your faith. You can know and say and believe that a person's wrong without being critical. All right? But listen, I've had people in, in my churches that I knew were wrong in certain areas. Right? But I, I, was, I, I was able to stay out of criticism because I know... Number one, here, here's what has come to me over the last number of years. is not, I know there are a lot of things I need from God, so i got to keep my heart right. It's this, I am a believer, and I'm supposed to walk and live by faith, and I need to walk and live by faith, period, so i got to stay out of that. 
Got to stay out of that. Hallelujah. So faith is activated and energized and expressed and works through love. So what people very often have called in the past a faith failure was actually a love failure. Wasn't a faith failure. It was a love failure. Because faith works. Faith works. And I've, I've just got to put the additives to it. That's, that's, that's very important. And, and here's another thing that you can, you can watch. Is, you know, when the Lord starts blessing people. Now, you may or may not have a problem with this. If you don't, then it's preventive medicine. If you do, then it's corrective medicine. Why do you want to rejoice with people that are being blessed? Because faith rejoices. Or, excuse me, love rejoices. Nothing, nothing stirs my heart more than to see the people in our church receive. Not, not because what I told them is working, because God's showing himself true. Ooh, glory. And people in our churches that lived in poverty before they got a hold of the Word of God are no longer living in poverty. Oh, I rejoice in that. When somebody comes and says, oh, we got a new house, I rejoice. I just rejoice. Why? Because I love them. I, I want them to succeed. Amen. And when somebody's rejoicing over something they got, don't come along behind them and pick it apart in your mind. Well, why do they need that? Well, that's not going to last very long. Yeah, they got that house, but you see the area of town it's in? Why would you want to buy a house in that area of town? I digress to my former statement. It's not your house. It is not your house and not your car. Who gives a flip if you would have bought a house there or not? You know, you, you, you'll, hurt, you'll hurt your brother. You'll hurt your sister. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that's a bad part of town. But you're not living there. Well, I wouldn't have ever bought that car. Exactly, but they liked it. So what's your job? Rejoice. Rejoice. Everybody say out loud, rejoice. See, and, and now my faith's coming to another expression. I used to know a minister that somebody would get a, a new car, and, 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 and the statement would always be something like this. Well, yeah, it's nice, but I mean, it's not, I wouldn't have bought it. Well, we're not, asking, we're not talking about you. See, now that's pride. You're always turning it back on you, what you would have done. Oh, like you've made every decision right in your life. Mm. You understand? I, I, over the years, I've had to go back on myself and remind myself of that. Like I've always made every decision right. You don't ever want to hold your brother or sister to a standard that you won't hold yourself to. Right? I, I want to keep the standard even. I, oh, I've learned that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And now, I haven't arrived in every area, but I've learned that. I've learned that. That I've got to recognize, okay, listen, I'm not mature in that area either. I just need to keep my mouth shut. 
Amen. Because my faith is activated. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, yeah, you know, they, they, they got this thing and, and you know, uh, they're rejoicing about it and, and talking about how God gave it to them. And I know good and well somebody in their family or some friend bought that and gave it to them. So God could not have moved on that friend's heart to do that for them? Do you see how sneaky this is? You know what the result of that usually is? The reason for that usually is jealousy. Pride. And, And I don't want that to be the case. We want to be mature, operating faith in a mature way. In uh, James chapter 2. Am I helping you at all? James chapter 2 verse 14. Notice this. He says, what does it profit my brethren. Though a man may say he has faith and has not works. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. And one of you say to them depart in peace. Be you warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, if it hath not works, faith is dead, being alone. Now notice, the works here are works of love. He doesn't have what he needs. He doesn't have food. And, and, and they come around and somebody speaks a good confession over him. Hey, brother, in the name of Jesus, be warmed and be filled. That's my confession over you. And then he said, that's my confession of faith. And then he said, if you don't help him, if you don't show him love, what profit is there in it? Hallelujah. Do do, do you see that? The works are works of love. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. 1 Peter 3, 7. He says, likewise, you husbands dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers are not hindered. Notice, love honors. Honor your wife as the weaker vessel. Weaker physically. All right? Weaker Physically, not spiritually, not mentally, physically. And, and, and uh, anybody that was on our Zoom men's meeting, the last one, we talked about this at length, bringing honor to the marriage. But the point is, where there's no honor, there's no love. Well, the Bible says in the Pauline epistles, that we're to deal with each other in honor, preferring one another as believers. So Peter said, when we don't walk in love in our marriage, we can't pray effectively. Which in large part means I'm going to have a hard time praying in faith. Hallelujah. Now thank God. We have the love of God, Romans 5, 5, poured into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we can walk in love whenever we want. That's according to Scripture. Amen. But if I'm going to walk by faith, and I'm going to live by faith, this is one of 
the premier additives that I got to have to operate in faith is love. And I, and I got to do that consistently. Love is the aim. My goal is to walk in love with everybody. Right? So I forgive everybody. I exercise myself to be void of offense towards who? Everybody. Why? Because I walk by faith. I live by faith. And to do so, I got to walk in love. Because faith is the prescribed method of living for the believer. And so then I must walk in love. Now let's look at one, one, one final scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And verse 8, the very first line, notice, love never fails. Notice that. Love, love never fails. Oh, my goodness. If, if there was ever an appropriate verse to end a teaching on, it's this one. Love never fails. Never fails. Amen. When somebody comes and says, why is so-and-so acting like that? Why do they do that? And How is that right? Don't get over there in that with them. Love never fails. Love never fails. Right? Well, what's my question? What's my answer to that? You say, well, yeah, I don't know. Or how about this? Let's just pray for them. Let's pray for them. Yeah, but pastor, you know, that's, you know, do you really mean that? If I'm walking in love, I do. Think about that. Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. He would say, putting the other fellow's candle out isn't going to make yours burn any brighter. Right? Brother Hagin used to say, putting the other fellow's candle out is not going to make yours burn any brighter. And that, that's, that's, that struck me. I was... Uh, Visiting with somebody one time. And, and, and uh, the, the question kept coming up about a, a certain minister. And why they did this. And why they did that. And how come they did this. And uh, this, was, this was some number of, of uh, weeks ago. Uh, I was in another state. And uh, uh, they kept asking me this question. And I kept just trying to steer it back to, well, I mean... You know, there might be these things going on, but at the end of the day, we just can't worry about it. We just got just, just to pray with them and pray for them and walk in love. Because, because your mind, your feelings, your emotions want to talk about all the bad things they're doing, uh, uh, the mistakes, the failures they have in their flesh. But, but, but here's the thing. When you do that, you're putting your own eye out. Right? When, when, when you point out the other fellow's flaws and the other's mistakes, you're magnifying your own. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know, uh, I'm, I believe I'm mature enough to say, I don't know that I'm 100% at it, but I know I'm working on it. Because why? 
because you need things, Pastor? Listen, I have to walk by faith. That's the prescribed method of living for the believer, by faith. And if I want to have an energetic, operative, fully expressive life as a believer, I've got to walk in love. I've got to walk in love. And the, and the way you do that, as I'm closing, the way that you do that is you watch those things that, that constantly come up. When, when somebody says something about somebody or something occurs or, or whatever the case it may be, somebody gets something or somebody says something and that same thought comes up, that's where you start dealing with that. And, and the way you deal with it is when it comes up, you just raise your hands or bow your head or however you've got to do it. And you say, Father, I just pray for them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would prosper them. I pray that you would magnify them. God, multiply their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's not just, Lord, let them see they're wrong. Lord, let them see where they're missing it. According to who? Where are they wrong according to who? Where are they missing according to who? If it's something according to the Bible, you can pray that way. But if it's just what I think, i got to leave that out of it. If it's just what I think, i I gotta, I got to not touch that. Lord, help them. If they need to change something, Lord, you show them. But my part is to love them. My part is to, to be there for them. My part is to build them up and to equip them and to encourage them and, and to help them grow in the name of Jesus. And I'll close with this with a little bit of self-disclosure. Because, uh, you know, I don't know everything about you, but I know everything about me. You know, David, David went to the Lord when the Lord said, I'm going to build you a house. And David said, Lord, you know your servant. <laughs> the Lord knows us. And uh, I have uh, always been the kind of person that my mindset when talking to somebody was always, Get to the point. Right? Now, don't misunderstand me. There's a time to get to the point. But I, I began to learn something. Now, this is just transparency, so you just bear with me. I began to learn that uh, I had put barriers up around me, and some of my staff didn't like communicating with me. Because I was abrupt. I was short. They would come to me and, ask, and, and tell me, you know, this, this is what we plan. And they'd bring the plans to me. And I'd look at them and go, fine, okay, yeah, that's great, thank you. Well, I mean, I knew what they were going to do and I was appreciative. But listen to me. Remember, we walk in love in our words, our actions, our thoughts. And it became very clear to me. I'm not conveying love to my staff. I, I, I know my personality, and, 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 and I'm not trying to be ugly, but what does it convey? And I promise you, before the Lord God Almighty, I will stand in judgment before Jesus Christ one of these days. I had to make the decision, and I have made the decision, and by God's grace, I won't go back on it. I've made the decision. That when somebody comes to talk to me, somebody comes to bring me information, 
I'm going to take the time in their presence to look at it. If I have questions, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to give a soft answer and a quiet answer. Why? Because I, I have to walk in love in those areas. Hallelujah. And, and there will even be people who say, well, that don't matter. You know, it's just the way you want to be approached. But that's not accounting for their personality type. You understand? It's not that I change to fit everybody's personality. But it's, it's not accounting for their personality type. That's what hurts marriages. Well, she wants every little detail. Well, she's a woman. What do you expect? That's how they're wired. It's easy for us guys to get together. We give each other headlines like, all right, bro, see you. Because we got the headlines. Because what, you know, hey, who won the game? Wasn't the Packers. Right? What, wasn't the Raiders or whatever it may be. Who won the game? And they say, uh, this team won the game. Okay, hey, thank you. See you later. Well, we got the information we needed. We, we, didn't, we didn't need to know who did what, who threw how many passes, who ran the yards, right? Just who won. That's all I need to know. But you translate over that to a person that needs details. Because they, they feel like there's something lacking. Now, th- this may seem elementary. That'll harm your faith. That'll harm your faith. Because what, what, what's the Bible say to do to your brother? Prefer your brother. So that would be prefer my sister. Prefer, right? And, and, and understand this as I say this, as I'm closing. Understand this. That doesn't mean that you just, you're, you're just a, you know, a, a, a jellyfish and you don't have a backbone. What, what it means is that you're altering these things that really don't mean anything in order to walk in love. I think it's worth it. I'm, I was in a meeting one time. My pastor said, if you want to know if you're perfected in love, how do you act in the middle of traffic? And then you'll know if you're perfected in love. Because every person driving the car beside you, in front of you, behind you, Hear me when I say this. It's a tall order, and I know it. We're supposed to love them. And you don't call people that you love idiots. Right? You don't call people that you love whatever. Where's your brain, buddy? And we're all growing. I'm growing. You're growing. Everybody's growing. Why? How do I know that? Because I see your faith operating. And because I see your faith operating, I know you're growing in the things of God. Amen. We got people in our churches getting houses, cars, amen, raises, bonuses, amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand up on your feet, everybody.